Yes. So this is Psalm 1. Uh, I love Psalm 1. It's great. And I love the picture and the image. And we're going to be talking a bit about this picture, this image which Psalm 1 brings up. It's this image of this tree, right? This tree which is doing really healthy, a really positive tree. Before we get too much to the tree, there's a bit that comes before it. It starts with, Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. Anyone know what the law of the Lord is? Does anyone think that they remember? I talked about some different names that the Bible has given. Well, it is the Ten Commandments, but it's more than just Ten Commandments. What were you going to say? The Ten Commandments? It's, it's actually more so. When it talks about the, the law of the Lord, it's not just talking about Ten Commandments. It's actually talking about, well, sometimes the law is used to talk about the first five books, the book called Torah. Sometimes it's a way of just describing all of what God's commandments are. And so, blessed is the one who delights in the law of the Lord and who meditates on it day and night. Delight. Blessed is the person who delights in it. And what do you do if you delight in something? I'm seeing some people delighting in the chocolate bars that they have just won. They are savouring them. They are eating them. They are enjoying them. That's how you delight in something. What is that going to look like if we were to delight in the law of the Lord? And what does it mean to meditate on the law day and night? Does that mean that we should be using our Bibles as a bit of a yoga mat and actually sitting and meditating on the law of the Lord? No. No, it's not actually about physically using it. It does mean that you might read some, something in the Bible and then you might spend a bit of a time during those thinking about what that means, thinking about what that means for your life. It might be uh, that you think about these things. It might be that you... You might read a passage that talks about God's love and how much God loves you. And you might spend the day reflecting upon all the ways that God loves you, all the things that gives you demonstrate his love for you. You might reflect on the things that you have. Your bed, a pet, pet um, your family. As you remember these things that you love, that you cherish, you might remember that God loves you far more than you love any of these things. So blessed is the person whose delight is in the law of the Lord and meditates on it. That person is like a, a tree planted by a stream. And so I've got a tree. I'll go to the next one. Go two forward, actually. We should have a tree next. We do. Excellent. Here's a tree. Who can tell me what does a tree need to grow? What does a plant need to grow? One, just one. It needs dirt or soil. Yes, Liam. Sunlight, spot on. Yes. Water. We've got three. There's one more. What is it, Michael? Sure. Uh, one more. <laughs> yeah, excellent. Excellent. That's a very good point. Uh, there are five things that a tree needs. A plant needs to grow. Can you think of the fifth thing? Uh, Josh. Oh, no. Are we going Henley? Henley, do you know what it is? Life, or, yeah, kind of. Light, we've already got the sun or light, yep. Josh? Well, again, that's going to be part of the processing things, uh, the plant, we're going to do that one. Uh, so if I was to give a plant soil, sunlight, 
and water, it would instantly sprout and start growing, would it? What is it? No. They've actually proven that's a myth. You can, uh, uh, there's some plants that you can neglect and they grow. Yes, Henley? Time. Time. You need four, th five things with what Michael said uh, to help a plant grow. And so one of the most important of that is water, right? And so most plants, most trees will actually depend upon water that falls from the sky. Isn't that amazing? We just have like this thing which brings life that falls out of the sky. It's like someone designed it. Weird, huh? Um, and so these trees, they depend upon it raining. And so when it doesn't rain, the trees are in trouble. We actually had this uh, in an experience where we went and visited an apple orchard uh, a couple of years ago in New South Wales. There'd been drought, there'd been fire, uh, and we visited uh, this apple orchard it was in 2021, and we were chatting to them, uh, and they didn't have, they, they weren't able to produce any juice uh, or any juice-like products uh, that year because they had to make the choice. They had enough water to do one of two things. There hadn't been water falling out of the sky, so they could either keep a quarter of all of their trees and give those trees enough water so that they would produce fruit, or they could give all of their trees enough water to stay alive, but there's no fruit. No fruit whatsoever. And so they had to choose to forego any salary any income that they would get for a whole year from 25% of their, their trees, and they actually tried to keep all their trees alive, but then they couldn't actually produce fruit because they haven't had enough water. To be able to produce good, healthy fruit, a tree needs water, sunlight, soil, and time. to produce the fruit. Uh, however, however, if a tree was planted somewhere stream of water and its roots were able to go down into the soil and into the dirt actually reach the stream well that tree that tree is no longer dependent on the water that falls from the sky well not at that location probably stream but it's got a stream that runs past it which it can tap into and it can access whenever it needs that tree is going to be able to bear fruit even when there isn't rain, even when there's drought. Nothing is going to be able to affect that tree. And this is the picture that Psalm 1 presents. We are the tree, right? That's us. It's a picture of who we are. Blessed is the tree who's by the stream of water because they're not dependent upon things and circumstances in life. They're connected to the source of life. They're connected to the stream of living water. And so they're able to be connected to the thing that gives them life. So that no matter what happens, no matter what circumstances they face, they're still able to be fruitful. They're still able to help others. They're still able to know of God and his goodness and his love for them. That's the image for us. We are the tree. God's word, the Bible... It's the stream that brings life. When we delight in the Bible and meditate on it day and night, reflect on what it says, we are like the tree connected to the stream, which doesn't wither 
which doesn't struggle, which is able to be fruitful no matter what life throws at us. We're going to have the band come back up and we're going to sing about that we are actually blessed because of God's goodness. We're going to sing about that we are, we are blessed and we want to bless God back. We're going to sing, blessed be your name, as we reflect upon the fact that we are blessed by God, we are connected to the stream and we want to bless his name for his goodness to us. So I'm going to invite the band to come up and we're going to sing, blessed be your name. Thanks, Diana. And just when you thought it was all coming to a close, I come up for part two of my message. Um, because over the last couple of weeks, so, spoken about Psalm 1, Psalm 19, I've spoken about God's Word. Told us how in God's Word we can find truth, authority, and life. From Psalm 19, we're talking about the things that are found within the Bible, within God's Word. Today, I'm talking about how if we delight in the Bible and actually we meditate on it, we're like this tree planted by the stream. Let's get real though, right? Because we, we might know this, but that doesn't always impact how we live. That doesn't always impact how we go about things day by day. Because many Christians believe this to be true, but still struggle to actually spend any time in the Bible. They still struggle to actually pick it up and read it. And I'll be real about that. I don't want to kind of pretend like that's not the case, but I want to try and help us. I want to try and maybe suggest some things that might assist. I want to talk about some of the things that actually cause the hurdle, some of the things which actually make it difficult. And the first thing that's tricky about the Bible that makes it sometimes difficult for us to access is that originally it's been written at a different time in history, in a different language, the Old Testament primarily in Hebrew, the New Testament primarily in Greek. It addresses issues of its day. And so when we come to read it, we've got this document that was written 2,000 years ago, which has still got truths for today, but sometimes it's going to take a little bit of work for us to understand. It's not going to be, sometimes it's not going to be the easiest book to understand. Sometimes it's going to talk about things that we don't really get. Jesus uses a stack of farming analogies to explain what the kingdom of God's like. I've been to a farm as like a holiday farm experience. Like that's my experience with farm life. Um, It's not really connecting with things. And so when Jesus talks about scattering seeds, looking after sheep, caring for these things, being a good shepherd, I don't have any sort of real reference or, or frame from that from my worldview. Sometimes you might actually need to ask somebody else, a friend, a parent, uh, something about what's going on to help you understand what the Bible is actually saying. So the first thing is, it's written different language, different time, different context, and sometimes that can make it difficult for us to access uh, the other thing that I sometimes think doesn't help us is that not reading the Bible causes all these negative feelings within us. We feel guilty about not reading enough. We feel ashamed that we haven't read it for how long. These feelings don't tend to help us to want to spend more time in God's Word. 
They're trying to bind us. Shame and guilt don't assist us. Reading the Bible out of guilt and condemnation isn't what Psalm 1 is talking about. It's talking about the person who delights in the law of the Lord, not the person who feels guilty and so does it because they're ashamed. So here are some tips. I've got some tips for some things that might help us to be in God's work. If it is something that we truly believe is a source of truth, authority and life, if it is the source of life so that we can be like this tree planted by the stream, we want some help. My first tip for us is that reading the Bible won't just happen by itself. The Bible's not going to read itself. It's a bit like the footy. It's not going to watch itself. Uh, it needs somebody to watch it. You need to actively make the choice to pick up the Bible and to read what it's saying. It's an active choice. The first thing is to actively choose to do it. I've been uh, aware that in moving into state from New South Wales over to South Australia, in setting up our house and uh, settling into my role here as lead pastor, I'm aware that my disciplines in terms of being in God's Word have wavered. I don't want to stand up here and pretend like I am perfected this. I struggle with this just like a number of us here do. I'm not coming as the chief authority on how to actually spend time in God's Word. I've noticed that my rhythms haven't actually been where I would like them to be over the past couple of months. And so this week, uh, I've actually committed to getting up a little bit earlier, to putting aside just 45 minutes, 6.45 to 7.30, for reading and prayer. To actually be able to set aside that time to, to grab a coffee uh, and to sit down somewhere, open God's Word, and spend some time hearing what God has to say to me. Because I want to be like this tree. I want to be planted by the stream. I want access to truth, authority, and life. Um, it will take a while for that to become a habit. Uh, experts say that you have to do something in between 59 and 70 days in a row before it becomes habit. So up until that point, it's an active choice. Each day, I'm going to get up and do this. We have to actively choose to do this. Um, I actually heard uh, a church ran a campaign uh, a while ago, and it was 15 minutes in the chair. They encouraged members of their church to find a chair in their home, to sit in it for 15 minutes a day and read the Bible and pray. Because 15 minutes a day can change your life. See, the point actually isn't about the amount of time that we spend in it. It's not like it's more, more godly for 45 minutes than 50. The point is actively choose it and create, carve out time. I think sometimes it's going to happen. We need to make the active choice and carve time into our lives if we think that this is actually valuable. If we think this is a priority, we're going to have to make time to actually be able to do it. So then, that's the when. How? How, how is the best way to do this? Uh, I've heard people who do like Bible journaling, where they have a notebook next to them, and they will kind of read a passage and they'll journal some of their thoughts. I did this when I was traveling when I was younger. I went overseas for about six weeks, and uh, I was reading through all the Proverbs, and I had a notebook, and I would write a page reflection on what I had read. A little at the end. Generally, that's not my style. Uh, I'm not a big journaler, uh, and that's not something that connects with me ordinarily. But while I was trying to really enjoy a little A5 page each day, which just connected with something that I was reading. Maybe that's going to be something that works for you. 
Uh, these days, what I tend to do is I tend to sit down with a highlighter and a sharp pencil or a fine pen, uh, and I tend to highlight things which stick out and stand out to me, and I take a little note in the, just in the margin of, uh, of the Bible, I've got one here, uh, just why that spoke to me. Why have I highlighted that? And what, what, what made me highlight that? And then I put a date on it. Because I just think, like, it's nice if you come to that passage three or four years later, you can look back and say, oh, that's what God said to me four years ago. Uh, I just find that encouraging. So that's what I am doing at the moment. Uh, some Bibles are like, uh, how to say it, colouring kind of pages where they kind of choose like a key verse and you can actually spend some time uh, colouring in that and reflecting upon what that means. That might be really helpful for you. Um, maybe, and this is perhaps a bit odd for, for churches because we tend to be fairly well-educated people, but maybe, maybe literacy is easy for you. Maybe listening to the Bible might actually be something that might be a good thing. Having it at an audio book, actually just having it. The trick with listening to it, and this is my problem, is that if you're going to listen to it, you actually need to listen to it. Uh, if I'm listening to the Bible, it's so easy to find like four other things to do at the same time, and then I'll realise I have absolutely no idea what I've been listening to. Uh, and so I think if you are going to choose to do that as your way to actually be connected to the stream, actually make the choice, this is what I'm doing with this time. I'm listening to this, I'm actually choosing to connect and to hear what's being said. Uh, some people uh, like to deeply understand the Bible. And so they'll read it and they'll be frustrated that they don't understand sort of what's happening. Uh, if that's you, maybe having like a commentary with you or having a study Bible that can just give you a few little bits and pieces of information can be a really helpful thing. Um, as long as you're still able to come and, and read and sit and build that free plan by the stream. Uh, one of my Bible college lecturers, when I was at Bible college, he said he used to read a single verse and just try and find a word in that verse and then meditate that throughout the day. What it would look like for him to live the thought contained within that single verse. If he was to truly believe this and truly live this out, what would that look like? And he spent the day just meditating on God's word. That's just one verse, right? It, there's no prescriptive, this is how you have to do it. My point is, find something that works for you. Find something that you enjoy, that actually helps you connect in and carve the time out and actively choose to do it. Because we want to be like a tree from someone, right? I, I, I've got up here, last week I talked about three, tr uh, three things in the Bible, truth, authority, and life. This week I've spoken from Psalm 1, I like this tree. But there is a point where we actually need to choose to actually do this, to be that tree and actually push our roots down into the stream and to access the stream with the hope that that's going to provide us things to be able to produce fruit, to be able to produce things like patience, love for those that might be difficult to love, a desire to share this good news with those around us. It could be anything 
That fruit could be serving in this church. You might have an increased desire or capacity that comes. Once you, once you tap into the stream, you can then start thinking about what a fruit you produce. And Jesus has a bit to say about trees that don't produce fruit or that they produce the wrong sort of fruit. We want to be trees that are, that are pushing our roots down into the stream of the word of life so that we can be able to produce the sorts of fruit that please the Father. And to help us to continue to think about this, I'm going to invite Laura up now for our prayer time.